the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Twenty years ago, I preached one of the most difficult sermons I ever had to write. I was serving in my first call and had been there less than 18 months when over 3,000 people were killed in the terrorist attack of September the 11th. There was such shock and confusion. Like everyone else, we plowed through a week of devouring every bit of news that we could absorb. The whole time, I knew Sunday was coming and I would be expected to say something. The church was packed with people. Our hymn selection included songs like, Oh God, Our Help in Ages Past, and Abide With Me. The lectors read with somber tones. I read the gospel. I took my place in the pulpit. Rather than my normal invocation that says, in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I prayed the concluding line that we heard today in Psalm 14, and I prayed it as a prayer for the words that I would say. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. As my heart pounded, I remember my breathing was clipped. I don't know that I had ever been that nervous standing behind a pulpit. I decided to play it safe. I used one of the prayers from the back of the prayer book. Prayer number six on page 816 to be specific. It was five days after the events of that Tuesday. And already it seemed that the Christian churches across the country we're taking on an air that seemed to be moving away from the heart of Christ, even in the time of tribulation. I said I played it safe. But I didn't really play it safe. I think what I was trying to do was play it Christian. To think on the meditation of my heart what might Jesus say to these people that I'm called to preach to? What might be the words that our church can offer? As the pendulum was beginning to swing in a way that wasn't always clear of what would come of it. And so I prayed prayer number six. It was a prayer for our enemies. It says, O God, the Father of all, whose Son commanded us to love our enemies, lead them and us from prejudice to truth, deliver them and us from hatred, cruelty, and revenge, 
and in your time, enable us all to stand reconciled before you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I think there is a temptation that's just sort of built into our national pride to conflate Christianity with who we are as a nation. Twenty years ago, it was terribly difficult to step out of the emotion, the pain, and the confusion of that day. But now, twenty years later, we seem to also have a difficulty of perspective. Twenty years of warfare are winding down in just as much confusion as it seems to have ramped up with in 2001. Our faith in 2021 is found to seek questions from our faith to be able to help us to live in a terribly confusing world that is so complex with so many voices. But the confession of our faith is centered in the faith that we heard in our gospel today. Jesus turning to his disciples and asks, who do you say that I am? Peter's quick answer, you are the Messiah, the one who will lead us, obviously meant something different to him than it did to Jesus. It seems Peter thought this is a military triumph for, the, for Israel. Jerusalem will be delivered of the Romans. And Jesus says, don't be a stumbling block. I want you to be a disciple. I want you to follow me with the same love and compassion that I have, even for enemies. We must be willing to take up a cross, to serve the other, to lose life for the sake of others and for the sake of the gospel, and by doing so, we come to know the heart of Jesus, and we are saved. I remember that season, the season of Lent that came following 9-11. I invited our new canon to the ordinary in the Diocese of Kentucky, Canon J. Magnus. The name probably doesn't mean a whole lot to you, unless you're in the military. Jay went on to become the bishop for the armed forces after his position in Kentucky. Jay was there in the Pentagon on 9-11. And I was struck in the presentations at Lent on how he had processed those events of helping people out of the Pentagon of living it firsthand, seeing the destruction and the loss. And to see a man who was so filled with love and compassion for people who had a different agenda 
than he, and were willing to lose their life for that agenda. I was touched as Jay talked about our call as disciple to serve the other, to be able to show God's love even in the worst face that is shown to us. The disciple is the one who takes up the cross, follows the way of Jesus, and shows the world that to love God is to love everything God created. It's been 20 years. We're in the midst of a messy pullout of a war. The truth is, is that 20 years doesn't make a difference on, human, on humanity. The truth is, is that two millennia doesn't seem to make a big difference in who humanity is. We're still a broken people who need the presence of God in our life to be able to learn to be a disciple through good times and difficult times to learn the heart of Jesus, and to show others what the kingdom of God can look like as we love God and we love our neighbor. I think today, I won't close with reading prayer number six again. I'm going to close by reading prayer number 62 from the Book of Common Prayer on page 833. I think it's a prayer of a disciple, one who doesn't have answers, but only wants to live as faithfully as he or she can. It's a prayer that I would give to all of us in a really messy world with no clear answers, only the clarity of the, of the answer, who do you say I am? You are our Messiah, Jesus. We seek to follow you as disciple. St. Francis wrote this prayer. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life.